In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, as humans, uh, we have this long history, uh, maybe almost a preoccupation with power, uh, with control, of exercising our will and fighting for what's ours, of not taking no for an answer, a long history of flexing our muscles, if you will. Uh, and, and we could probably all think of a number of examples of this. We have built a lot of big armies, right? We've gathered armies together to prove that our people, our nation, is the most powerful of all. We've uh, built dams that stop rivers uh, to show that we won't even be underneath the control of nature. We're more powerful than nature itself. And, and sometimes this has been towards our detriment, but other times it's been for our good. We have pushed forward and advanced in medicine so that we won't be stopped by cancer or disease or some silly little virus. Uh, we have a long history of, of proving that we are powerful people, that, that we are in control. And to me, one of the maybe prime examples of this comes with our fascination and preoccupation with flying. Because uh, as you know, we were not built to fly. Not too many of us have wings. We were made to keep our feet firmly planted on the, on the ground. We were made, given this gift by God of gravity, to, to keep us down and safe where we ought to be. And yet for many people, that just makes them want to fly more. And there is this fascination with overcoming that powerful force of gravity and that draws people. And so this week I was reading an article uh, about one of the leading base jumpers in the world. Now, if you don't know what base jumping is, it is this adventure sport, I guess you could call it, where you climb up to the top of a, a tall object. It might be a, a skyscraper or a mountain or the side of a cliff. Uh, and then you proceed to jump. And uh, with the help of a winged suit or sometimes a parachute, you attempt to, to the best that you can for as long as you can to overcome that powerful force of gravity, to exert your control over that force. And for some people, this is an amazing draw. Now, maybe this is exciting to you, uh, but before you go and buy a winged suit of some sort, I need to tell you that, as you can probably guess, this is extremely dangerous, right? I mean, one wrong move off the side of that cliff, one misstep, and you are hurtling, spinning, spiraling down uh, towards what is probably your death. And actually, in this article that I was reading about this base jumper, he talked about how he talked about the draw of overcoming gravity and flying and how exciting that was for him. But he also talked about the number of times when he cheated death. And there was this one time in particular where he had this beautiful jump. He had climbed up to the top of a cliff and jumped off, and everything was going smoothly. Uh, but then his toe just barely grazed the end of a rock that was jutting out from the side of the cliff. And that, that little grazing of his foot left him spinning and spiraling and falling under, out of control underneath the powerful force of gravity. And he was found sometime later gasping for life uh, on the edge of death. Now, I don't know if uh, base jumping is something that is attractive to you or not. Uh, but what I would guess is that many of us have felt like we are spinning and spiraling and falling out of control, like we are powerless under the forces that are around us, and, and we feel like we have completely lost control of our lives and that we are spinning and spiraling and falling. And for you, maybe it is cancer. Uh, the cancer has come to you or to someone that you love, and despite the best advancements of medicine, despite the best doctors in the world, you are powerless over its effects and it is wreaking havoc. And you look at your life and you feel out of control and you feel like you are spinning and spiraling and falling. Or, 
Or maybe it's finances. The bills are piling up in your life and they just keep coming and and you've done everything you can to get them under control, but you look at your life and you feel like you are spinning and spiraling and falling. Or or maybe it's in a relationship. You're trying to be the best mom or dad or or grandpa that you can be or or uncle or aunt. And and despite everything you're trying to do, despite all the best words and, and, and acts of love that you can give, that relationship is falling apart and you feel like, You are powerless, like you are spinning and spiraling and falling. Now again, we like power, at least a little bit of it, uh, and we like to be in control. We feel safe that way. We would like to think that, that, that our advancements in medicine give us power over disease. We would like to think that if we just act the right way and say the right things, we can be the best mom or dad that we can be, and that we can be in control of our finances, and that with power or with money comes power. But I think many of us have realized that there is just so much of our life that we are powerless over. There is so much that we can't control. And you can put on a winged suit and cheat gravity for a little while, but eventually what goes up must come down. And you can say all the right things to that person that you love, and you can buy the most beautiful flowers and write the most eloquent poem, but you can't force someone to love you. There are just some things that are out of your control. And, And we have built beautiful homes on the shores of the sea, exerting our control over the sand and the wind and the waves. But when the hurricane comes, you've seen it, there is very little that we can do. And we can try to cheat death for a little while, but eventually the grave calls all of us. And there are certain things that are just out of our control that we are powerless against. Now, if you've had a sense of this powerlessness and if you have felt like your life is out of control, we tend to react as humans in one of two ways. The first way we tend to react is when we sense our powerlessness or we sense that we're losing control, we, we try to push back. We obsess. We, we try harder. And, and maybe you've seen this in your own life or in the life of someone you love, right? There is the someone who obsesses over their looks, over health and diet and exercise, and in order to maintain control, they, they pour their lives into that. Or, or maybe it's someone with their finances. They pour their lives into their jobs and their careers. They obsess over money because money brings brings power. Or you've seen someone obsess and try harder against their diagnosis. They, they sign up for every treatment, every risky trial that they can get their hands on to defeat the cancer. They pour their lives into it. And, and everyone else is standing back thinking, this isn't going to work. You know, just uh, be at peace with it. But they obsess over it. They push back. They try harder. Uh, the second way we tend to react is that we despair. We give up. When we sense our powerlessness, maybe you've seen this too in your own life or the life of someone you love, you just throw up your hands and and give up in the situation. You've probably seen the parent who has lost control of their kids and so just gives up. And although their kids need a mom and dad desperately, uh, they've despaired and they don't know what else to do and so they've given up. Or maybe you've seen someone despair and give up when it comes to their finances. The bills keep coming and they feel out of control to do anything, so they tell themselves, why not keep on spending, right? Keep on charging the credit card. Open up a new account if you have to. Uh, When we sense our powerlessness, when we feel out of control, we tend to obsess, that is, try harder, push back, or we despair, we give up, we throw up our hands. Uh, But brothers and sisters, as Christian people, as people who know our king. There is a third way. We don't have to despair. We don't have to obsess. Instead, as, as people of our Heavenly Father, we take the third way, the way of faith, the way of trusting in our Heavenly King Jesus, who wears a crown of glory, who has ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, as we said in the Creed, whose kingdom has no 
end. As Christians people, we don't obsess, we don't despair. Instead, we trust in the King who is reigning and ruling over each and every one of us, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is more powerful than our finances, than, than cancer, uh, than, than our broken relationships. We live lives of, of faith. Throughout the Christian scriptures, uh, we are presented with these three enemies that, are, that we are constantly battling against. Christians, non-Christians, everyone. There are these three forces, whether we recognize it or not, that we are constantly fighting against, and they are powerful. And they are sin, uh, the devil, and death. And if we were to stop and think about it, we would realize how powerful each of these forces are. Sin, powerful, right? You've probably been broken and hurt by sin, by some terrible things that someone has done for you, and you know quite well how powerful sin can be. Or you've, or you've hurt someone else, and you've uh, torn apart a relationship by your actions, and you, you know how powerful that is. Uh, the devil is powerful. He is leading us and tempting us astray and getting us to do things that we don't want to do. And then there's death, maybe the most powerful force at all, a force that, again, is coming for each of us. The grave stops for no one. Sin, death, and the devil, they are powerful forces. And yet what we are reminded of in our second reading for today from 1 Corinthians 15 is that as powerful as sin, death, and the devil are, Jesus is even more powerful. And it starts in in the very first verse that we read, verse 12. Paul begins, the author of this passage begins by writing and says, "But, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? And if there is no resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. He goes on, and then in verse 20 he says this. He says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. See, I think that's all we need to know. Christ has been raised from the dead. He has conquered sin. The sin that you and I commit, Jesus took on his strong and powerful shoulders and he crucified it on the cross. The devil, Jesus defeated the devil there on the cross. Despite Satan's best attempts to keep Jesus down, Jesus wins. And even death itself, Jesus has conquered because Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The grave couldn't keep Jesus dead. Instead, we have a God who lives and who promises to return one day to raise the living and the dead, you and me, and bring us into eternity. You see, as Christian people, we don't despair, we don't obsess, we trust in our powerful king, a king who has conquered sin and death and the devil. Now, this does not mean, this does not mean that there won't be days when we're left kind of shaking our heads or questioning what is going on in this world. Or that there won't be days when we look at our lives and think, this is not what I thought it was going to be, and, and wonder, God, what are you doing here? Or, or that there, we won't find our, our, our faces in our palms with the tears streaking down our face, just wondering, why, Lord, did you let this happen? Uh, but what it does mean to have a powerful king is that these things, sin, death, and the devil, they don't control you. Your life is not defined by the bad things that you do, by the sins that you commit. And your sin doesn't determine your eternal destiny. And Satan doesn't get to control you. And death is not the end of the story. When you die, that's not the end. We have Jesus, a powerful king, who raises the dead. There are times, both as a Christian person, like all of you, and then as a Christian pastor, that I am confronted with my powerlessness. And you probably know what I mean. 
If we were to look at our lives and the world around us, we would see that there is a lot of hurt and pain and suffering going on over which we are simply powerless, that we can't control or fix. And some of you probably turned on the TV this morning or the radio on your way here or opened up the newspaper uh, as you drink your cup of coffee this morning and you saw a lot of stories of hurt and pain, some of which we will pray about even this morning. Uh, There's a lot of hurt and pain that we just can't solve. And as a Christian pastor, uh, I sometimes get unique, unique glimpses into people's lives. And there are many days that I come home at the end of the day realizing that I simply don't have all the answers. And sometimes I don't even have the words. And there are many problems and people that I just can't fix. I'm just not that powerful. And so what I tend to do is I write down these people in a little book that I carry around with me. I'll write down the name of the couple who are going through a divorce and whose lives are spinning and spiraling out of control. Or I'll write down the name of the homeless man uh, who has mental disease and doesn't have a place to sleep tonight. I'll write down the name of the city that has been uh, terrorized by some senseless act of violence or the name of the man who is going through cancer and for whom the end is near. And to be honest, I would write those names down in that little book because I didn't know what else to do. I knew that there was not much I could do about it, but I didn't know what it was that I was supposed to do. And, and so I would just write the names out. But, but lately what I've been doing is, is that each, next to each and every one of those names, what I do is I draw a little crown. A little crown to remind myself that while I am powerless, our God is powerful. I write a little crown next to each and every one of those names to remind myself that that each and every one of those people has a king, a king who is reigning and ruling today, a king who who sacrificed his life on the cross, who rose again from the tomb, and who's promised to return one day to restore and redeem and renew all things, a king who is holding each and every one of those people. And, And while there may be nothing that I can do besides write them in the book and lift up my prayers, they are in the hands of a loving God. See, brothers and sisters, each and every one of you has a king. And you are loved by him. And this is not a a weak, romantic, butterfly love. It's a love with strength and grit. You are loved by a God who has overcome the most powerful forces in this world. And your King Jesus is reigning today. In his name, amen.